Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Get Wisdom founder and director, Carl Mollison. This week, we're going to look at what Creator says about the pitfalls of oaths and pledges. You know, i always in the hunt for new topics, Carl, and um, look to the Lightworker Healing Protocol itself for ideas, for topics, and oaths kind of stood out. You know, it's one of these things that the, the Creator, in helping you put together the Lightworker Healing Protocol, um, actually mentions point blank in, uh, in one of the passages on needing healing. So, I thought this was something... To do a deeper dive on it would be helpful. Well, it's something people probably don't think much about. We all want to honor our promises. That's the purpose of oaths, after all. But they can get us into trouble. And our word matters, it turns out. So this is following a natural divine plan that we are all responsible for what we do and what we don't do. So when we say we're going to do something... We're obligated, and so oaths set us up big time for consequences, potentially, if we can't follow through for some reason. So it gets complicated. It does, and I, I'm actually surprised at uh, the level of importance that oaths have and how much they can, actually can get you into trouble, and not just for one lifetime, but multiple lifetimes. So we'll, we'll, we'll go into this in depth. U.S. creator Richard Rogers said, The Athenians had an oath for someone who was about to become a citizen. They had to swear that I shall leave the city not less, but more beautiful than I found it. This would be considered a positive oath. What is Creator's perspective, and is this oath truly benign? All right, this is what I channeled from Creator in answer. This oath is well-meaning and would likely serve its major purpose to make citizens very conscious of their responsibility by creating a duty to serve their oath to preserve the beauty and not besmirch it. Where oaths can cause problems is always in the details of what might happen when the oath becomes untenable in some way, incompatible with something that is a greater good, a higher observation, a higher obligation, or a more compelling circumstance that might require going against the oath in service to one's survival, for example. So we would say that oaths are all well and good, but realistically, there are almost always conceivable circumstances where an oath might have outlived its usefulness and for all practical purposes truly needs to be withdrawn. That is something requiring careful consideration if one wants to be true to the self, as well as those for whom the oath is intended to be a beneficiary. After all, what one is stating with an oath is to give something to others no matter what. One does not typically take an oath to oneself. So it is always an outside party to whom one becomes bound in a formal way through the taking of an oath, and this is why it can be something that backfires, because circumstances change. People themselves can change, and sometimes oaths are obtained under false pretenses where it is not fully clear to the oath taker what they are saying and doing, and its potential consequences to be subverted in some way, to put a person in jeopardy even, and take a risk or consequence they never envisioned might happen that puts them in arms way, and so on. 
So at a minimum, this suggests one should always look before they leap. Even if an oath seems routine and trivial in its requirements, so that taking the oath seems to carry no great liability or risk to the person. But we can tell you from long practical experience in observing the workings of the universe, there are many, many times when oaths backfire. This very oath could put a person into conflict where something might be needed that others would criticize as taking something away from the beauty of the city but serves a higher purpose in some way, perhaps something of a practical necessity. For example, using some property originally earmarked for a park to provide a needed service that not only adds convenience, but might prolong lives in some way. For example, locating a hospital in closer proximity to a population center so emergencies can be better dealt with in a timely fashion and for the convenience of many infirm or elderly people to visit outpatient clinics and doctor's offices without having to travel a greater distance that would complicate their lives unduly. In actuality, life is filled with many challenges to find one's way to success without making moral compromises. This indeed is the purpose of oaths, to predefine an end goal, a guidance for living, to represent a kind of minimum one is agreeing to, to lessen the chance someone might do something self-serving or short-sighted for personal convenience at someone else's expense. So the oath serves as a kind of fence around them, put in place to limit their choices for a greater good that is stated as part of the oath, if only in a vague way. The very need for oaths is because humans are unreliable. This tells you all you need to know about the value of oaths to begin with and the likelihood of them being honored without introducing further complications, moral dilemmas, and in some cases, inducing a person to make worse choices than even the oath would seem to save them from. Well, I get the distinct impression that Creator is actually not a very big fan of oaths, Carl. It looks like, uh, especially in this passage, I was taken by the fact that uh, Creator said oaths are basically promises made to others, you know, and that the self doesn't really benefit from oaths. So I found this to be a very um, insightful channeling. Yeah, and if you think about it, the need for an oath is sort of presupposing the person's going to screw up or they're going to deliberately do something self-serving. And in contrast to what is wanted, for example, in an office holder or a representative of an institution that has serious responsibilities they need to live up to. So this is at least an attempt to keep them on the straight and narrow path. But it, it, it clearly doesn't always work that way, and it can backfire against everyone in, yeah. in some cases. Certainly. You ask creator, Dr. Viktor Frankl wrote, a man who belongs to a given nation is obviously neither guilty nor meritorious by that fact alone. His guilt will begin when, for example, he did not cultivate in himself the special talents of the nation or took no part in natural cultural values. While he would be acting meritoriously if he overcame in himself certain characterological weaknesses of the nation by a conscious process of self-examination. Frankl's perspective is quite thought-provoking when it is understood that some of the most common oaths sworn today are to the nations that people live in. What is Creator's perspective? 
All right, and Creator tells us, these indeed are common oaths and just as commonly broken through personal choices of all kinds, selfish and non-selfish, but seen to be imperative in a way that overrides one's perceived obligation to serve their nation when it has become a trade-off that will harm the self or one's loved ones to continue honoring the nation and its needs above all else. Nations like human beings themselves are flawed. They are based on varying levels of legality, moral considerations, and often a karmic history that is quite mixed and represents a serious amount of baggage for all involved and connected to the enterprise. One obvious example being the conflict between serving the United States of America, given that many indigenous people were present before the nation's founding and are still present and in various ways influenced by what the nation does or does not do. So anyone serving the nation but causing harm indirectly to indigenous people is connecting inadvertently to much karmic negativity that will continue to be projected forward and martial strength throughout further history until the wrongs of yesteryear are addressed more fully. In actual fact, as a citizen of a nation, you are connected karmically to all that happens, whether you have a direct role in it or not. By your very presence, you have an energetic link to what goes on and your karma will become intertwined with your nation and all of its doings and the collective consequences of all living within its borders and everything that is done or not done and perhaps just decided for you by a ruling body that governs. Nonetheless, is connected to you karmically and you will share some responsibility for what is done on behalf of the nation you are a part of via your oath of allegiance. So we would disagree with Frankel that it is only what people do or not do that begins to shape their obligation or liability if they are neglecting something or causing harm in some way through their actions but otherwise will not be affected directly by what the nation might represent or be doing. You are a part of everything that happens, indirectly at least, as a living being present within the earth plane. Anything you do to change things is recorded and will be a factor affecting your future. This is why people need to be a part of things and take responsibility they do not escape their obligation to society by sitting on the sidelines, refusing to vote, not taking part in opportunities to have their voice heard and to avail themselves of potential access to those in government making decisions that will change things for the better or for the worse, as the case may be. All human beings have a duty to preserve and safeguard their soul. And as the karmic complications of life will threaten well-being and inner balance, everything affecting you from being the citizen of a nation carries with it a certain karmic and therefore moral responsibility for what happens, if only to some extent, being one of many citizens in most cases. But the obligation will be there. What makes this acceptable is if a person strives to do all required of them by their nation while remaining in divine alignment and not causing harm to anyone along the way. This illustrates another potential problem with oaths. 
that there are higher spiritual obligations people have to the divine and their soul that transcend human events and interactions. Yet people rarely think deeply about this, and it leads to many problems. Well, I think there's a deep spiritual truth certainly being unveiled here. You know, it's not often that creator kind of goes <laughs> goes out of his way to uh, say, hey, we disagree with Frankel here. Frankel's been one of the good ones that we've uh, accessed for ideas and wisdom. But this idea that just being a part of a nation instills some obligations on your part, you know, that you, you, you don't have the luxury of just sitting on the sidelines and doing nothing and expect there to be no consequences for that. Yes, and it applies to the world as a whole also. We do have an obligation for everything we see and have a potential influence, at least theoretically possible, that we can take. So this is an important truth because we're in this for the long haul. And as a healer, a lot of what I do is helping people clean up their mess, clean up their karmic (laughs) baggage, their entanglements with past history. And it goes back many lifetimes. We've been at this quite a long while and mostly doing it while in the dark. Yes. Nobody told you when you were born how all this works. These concepts of the law of cause and effect and karmic entanglement with everything going on and incurring an a kind of debt to others for everything you do, as well as what you don't do. Right. And that's a little bit scary, but it, it is real, and it it needs to be pondered. Yeah, no, it's, it is a little um, unsettling to think that an oath that you might not take with much forethought is just kind of a custom that everybody goes along with, could have such widespread lasting impacts. It, uh, something to definitely take into consideration. U.S. creator Norman Douglas said, never take a solemn oath. People might think you mean it. (laughs) This would be especially true if it was a witnessed event. What is creator's perspective? And creator tells us, this quote, although humorous and fairly cynical, contains many truths. It speaks to the uneven nature of human beings, that many are compromised, corrupted, and have an incomplete understanding of who they are and what matters, and is quite important in governing their choices as they live their lives. It reflects as well that the taking of oaths is a serious business, that people will expect them to be honored, and it is a mark against you if you do not do this. And in some cases, there may be legal ramifications and potential punishment when high-level responsibilities are given to a person in trust and only secured by the oath they take. Some oaths, therefore, are more complicated with more at stake and greater obligation than others. But we can tell you the law of karma sees all that you do. And to the law of karma, an oath is an oath and must be honored, or will cause a stain on your soul if you do not live up to your obligations, even in small matters. So there will be a karmic penalty of some kind for any misdeed, big or small. It is also a test of character and something that is much prized universally, to honor one's oaths and obligations. So anyone seen as breaking an oath, a solemn promise in effect, may be judged harshly, And it will be a significant liability harming their reputation and potentially future treatment by others 
who may be quick to spread the word, and that stain on a person's reputation might cost them dearly in losing the trust of their fellow citizens. So this quote cleverly encompasses the all-too-real state of affairs that humans are not reliable oath keepers, but rather quite prone to be selfish and to serve their self-interests above the needs of others with respect to oaths they might have taken. Sadly, it is all too true that many people cannot be counted on to be steadfast and reliable in maintaining high standards of conduct. So the idea of a solemn oath is to put on record someone has taken a pledge to honor that commitment and thereby declaring publicly their willingness to put all on the line, at least with respect to their reputation, as well as any legal implications. And because of the challenges it represents to do so and maintain it successfully will be very much to a person's credit and they will be rightly honored for their service if they can maintain their integrity and follow through. But I think I have to reiterate, reiterate again this idea that uh, oaths carry power and import, you know, beyond what I think a lot of people think and really understand. Um, so this is kind of eye-opening even for me. I, I think I learned in this series of channelings, you know, uh, how complicated and how impactful oaths can be. And so we probably should uh, be very careful about what we, in terms of the oaths we choose to take, but then when we too do, do choose to take them, we should do our best to honor them as well. Yes, there is an obligation, and it goes from life to life. It doesn't stop just because you've taken an oath and you die. Your energy goes on. So everything you're contractually obligated to goes on. Maybe not the mundane things of a physical human existence, like paying a mortgage and other bills you owe and so on. You might escape those, but there is a karmic duty. And oaths are kind of a transcendent pact with the universe that you are making. And the law of karma knows it and will hold you to that. So this is important knowledge to have, and as part of what we do in our healing work, sometimes to rescue people through helping the divine cancel an oath or pledge that's been made that has outlived its usefulness. If you don't do that, the oath is still running. This, yeah. this is kind of weird, but it's sort of <laughs> like you know leaving a faucet running. Well, you may not need the water anymore, but you started something, and it needs to be stopped by someone. And an oath appears to be an expectation, also on the part of others. Creator, it said, "This is a promise to other people." You know, and those promises extend beyond the lifetime, uh, and especially if a promise was not kept and somebody was harmed as a result of that promise not being kept, that creates a karmic. Uh, turbulence right there, a backlog, so to speak, that has to come around again to be balanced, to be neutralized. So yes. uh, oaths play into that quite readily. And the thing about an oath is that you can't deny that you weren't paying attention when you're giving the oath. You, you have to be consciously participating to actually give an oath. It's not a subconscious act. Yes, and that makes it important. Indeed. Another thing that's important is you check out getwisdom.com. And download the Lightworker Healing Protocol ebook. Get it at getwisdom.com slash LHP. And we're back with more Get Wisdom right after this. (music) 
scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the second segment of this week's Get Wisdom. We're looking at what Creator says about the pitfalls of oaths and pledges. And uh, that may not, you know, be breaking news for people. A lot of people, I think everybody kind of realizes that. Broken oaths can bring all kinds of backlash to your life that uh, you don't necessarily want. Everything from broken marriage vows to, you know, uh, perjuring court, you know, to uh, defying your military orders. So there's a lot to be said for keeping an oath uh, and keeping you out of trouble. So, but we're seeing that creator is going beyond just that kind of surface level expectation, and we're seeing there's an energetic component to oaths that can carry the the complicating factors beyond this life. Yes, well, there are certainly some terrible examples, and we'll be sharing a few of those. But what we see more commonly in our healing work is self-harm, because oaths from other lifetimes are not expected to be fulfilled still by the people around you, but the energy of it is rolling, and it has meaning that something is left undone and it's sort of like there's something hanging over you you know sort of like uh, leaving a marriage and not tying up the loose ends and then getting remarried again well you have a prior marriage that's still running at least as far as your contract with the universe so these are important things to be aware of because they can drag a person down and set them up for a lot of surprises in life that aren't really necessary. They can be avoided through some healing work. Absolutely. You asked creator, Dr. Victor Frankel wrote, every one of us knows somehow that the content of his life is somehow preserved and saved. If the taking of an oath is an affirmative deed that becomes recorded for all of time in the Akashic records, one can never get away from it completely. And at the very least, the event will always be in the recorded history of the soul. What is Creator's perspective? All right, this is what Creator says. This comment from Frankel is quite perceptive and a deep awareness of the truth of what we teach about the Akashic Records being a repository of all that takes place throughout the universe, in fact. 
It is indelible and will persist for all of time. This is yet another reason that life is serious business. Even with the frivolities and the ineptitude and at times reckless and cavalier attitude of the young, lacking maturity and wisdom, who get themselves in trouble taking on more than they can handle, and not having the strength of character as yet to follow through and honor commitments and so forth. As a light being, you are fully aware of the value of failure as a learning opportunity. But this does not mean no one cares about failing or that failing is viewed positively. That is just a consolation prize, so to speak, that is one of the best teachers to undergo failure. And in fact, it is the pain it causes that drives home the lesson all too often. So it is obviously not the best choice or path to growth and learning to be too casual about the possibility of failure, knowing that there will be second chances in most cases and a future opportunity to prevail and do better. Those who do things carefully and in earnest and have a passionate commitment to living in divine alignment will excel and will achieve far greater accomplishments than those who might be reckless or indifferent to the possibility of failure. The very fact they might not feel as bad about the consequences may well be a demonstration of incomplete development and maturity. So this is not to be trivialized by ignoring the realities of failure and its consequences, nor one's personal responsibility and perhaps a duty to others to make amends who might be harmed in some way indirectly by one's failings. All of those consequences are a reflection on the character and divine alignment of the individual. So it is an indicator of relative progress and attainment. Whether a person is even sensitive to where they stand is yet another indicator of their discernment, degree of wisdom they enjoy, and the level of capability they have developed to deal with life and meet its challenges with success, or at least acceptable levels of accomplishment commensurate with their experience level and past history. It is good to know the universe works this way, that everything goes on record. It is a time-proven system to keep things honest and provide a level playing field, as this is another way of leveling things out. So wrongdoers do not gain an unfair advantage by cutting corners, so to speak, in an attempt to get ahead. Eventually, it will all come out in the open, and anything taken away from others unfairly to gain a personal advantage will be seen for what it is, a kind of cheating. And there will be a day of reckoning, and the law of karma will enact a penalty for all who do so. Promises in the form of an oath become quite important given that reality, that there will be nowhere to hide if one fails to live up to their promises. Well, you know, people living up to their promises, I don't think is is chic these days, Carl. (laughs) But it... uh, this is a really important passage where, again, Creator is emphasizing how important it is to attempt to discern what your divine alignment is and what your life is about and what you're trying to achieve. 
in the in terms of actually getting wisdom and growing spiritually. And um, we know that religions have you know, advocated this strongly throughout the ages, and that lately that's been a fall off from that. So uh, I think this warning is very timely. Well, oaths are a kind of special circumstance where you kind of make an extra pledge, a promise to follow a certain path, take, take on a certain role that has obligations and standards of conduct. But all of life, essentially has that expectation of you that you will be divine because you are of a divine origin and you're held to that kind of standard and it will matter if you don't live up to it. Yes. And so especially so when you consciously make an agreement with someone to do an extra good job then the ante goes up and the consequences go up as well. And you can get yourself into a real bind in a hurry by taking oaths that you're not appreciating can last more than a lifetime. Yeah. And so think about those oaths to uh, Adolf Hitler that were made by so many people. Oh, yes. Yes. Those oaths are still in effect. And. You know, it's probably we could go beyond just the classic definition of oath and that anything that essentially causes another person to rely on your word could also be construed to some extent as an oath. You know, if if you cheat somebody out of something, you know, confidence games, for instance, that kind of thing. um, I think the same penalties apply there. Yes, yes. So this isn't unique to oaths, this idea of personal responsibility and consequences built into the system. So this is important understanding and wisdom that you you can't ever get away with things, ever. Right. Yes. The law Indeed. of karma will get you, even if law enforcement doesn't, <laughs> or your neighbor, or your ex-spouse, or whatever it is that might be a risk to you and uh, exposing you for your shallowness or whatever it's perceived to be wrong with you. Yes, you can, you can hide the body, but you can't get away from the deed. <laughs> You ask, Creator, the most pernicious form of oath is the loyalty oath accompanied by a requirement to carry out a nefarious deed, such as killing another human being. Some people consider this urban myth and don't want to believe that this actually happens. However, a recent local story about a random shooting was published in Grand Rapids, Michigan. For the story, the reporter consulted with a former Chicago gang member for his analysis. The consultant says to join the gang the shooter was suspected of trying to join a person must kill a rival gang member or someone random. But the rules are they can't get caught. What could Creator tell us? Is this an urban myth? And if not, how widespread a problem is it? All right, and Creator, creator tells us, this is far from being an urban myth, as it is standard practice in many gangs and has been throughout history. Those gangs that are based on long histories with within ethnic groups, have such traditions. This is because humans have been corrupted to be warlike, and this is a significant part of human history, whether engaged in through gangs with a larger group of people belonging within a region or a formal nation, or from a loyalty to one's tribe, 
that might see another tribe as an enemy and command loyalty of fellow tribe members and a proof of such loyalty as a test of manhood, for example. In more primitive eras, the taking of the human life of those outside one's tribe was commonly done as a rite of passage. But the practice still exists today, particularly among gang members and organized crime in many parts of the world. An even larger and often unrecognized example is the oath taken by members of the military to serve their nation no matter what no matter what they may be called upon to do. Even though most large nations with militaries have formal rules of engagement and there are international laws about the conduct of warfare that most armies will at least attempt to follow about what is fair, what is considered a war crime, things like unnecessarily killing and targeting civilians to make them suffer and so forth. But this is a slippery slope, and here again, this speaks to the fact that such oaths are frequently an attempt to make someone do something they might not otherwise do. This works both ways. It might provide implied pressure to outperform, to rise to the occasion and be a better person in service to the intention behind their oath they take. But it could also be more an oath that serves the state, in effect, obtaining a promise of loyalty in advance during a calm period without the oath taker realizing all they might be drawn into that will compromise their morality in order to keep that oath. And in the case of the military, will involve much non-divine conduct with great karmic complications and consequences for their future that will bring harm to them as a magnified consequence to the harm they do to others in service to their oath in being a party to war. Because of the corruption in your world, all human institutions are corrupt. So all taking oaths in service to the workings of those institutions will involve them in the corruption. And they may be blind to the reality of this because of the manipulation done universally to make people complacent and a party to many things seen as normal, but not truly so. This is another aspect of oath-taking and its problems. So we do not judge you or anyone and recognize human life as many challenges and many opportunities for things to get in the way that will take you out of divine alignment for a time, inevitably. The key is whether you can see that eventually and take a corrective action of some kind to bring things back into better balance, to right the ship, so to speak. That is a demonstration of the attainment of wisdom, maturity, and excellence. All are products of enlightenment in the return to a divine path. The human level will often find you struggling in a state of being incomplete, hampered by a lack of needed skills, or even a self-image that is supportive and capable of facing adversity and succeeding. Some people fail again and again in everything they try. This can reach tragic proportions, resulting in a tremendous backlog of transgressions with the negative karmic consequences that will ensue 
in the attempt to force them to take corrective action. As a practical matter, the typical oaths one is asked to take, even in the most demanding of human settings and activities, still ask less of a person than a true test of divine alignment would require of them. So it is always a challenge, and the degree of challenge is a measure of the degree of non-alignment with the divine. This can be seen as inherently a kind of failure, but we see it as the opposite. It is a measure of the growth potential remaining and the potential prize a person will gain when they have worked through the obstacles and reach the goal of its, attain, of its attainment. Well, I must say, I was really impressed with the answer the Creator gave about uh, the urban myth uh, and the fact that uh, killing an innocent is actually part of a gang initiation. You know, that that, that is their ticket to entry. And uh, it, obviously, anybody who's read history at all knows that such things have been part of history throughout many cultures throughout the world. Um, and we like to think that there's like a a bright line somewhere where our past is separated from our modern expo- experience, you know, and that these ancient old uh, requirements have somehow just kind of fallen off and gone away. And obviously that's not the case here. Well, there there is a cultural corruption that has occurred through all of the war making through history and the things that emulate that are contact sports, the roughhousing of the young in growing up, and, and their mock fighting, and sometimes real fighting. Yeah. You know, be, <laughs> because they know this is going to be expected of them. This is what adults do. Yeah. Or hazing. And it trying can get, to get quite savage. Subjects. And I'm thinking of organized crime. And, yeah. and they, the concept, you have to make your bones meaning kill someone as a rite of passage and being accepted in the hierarchy of that organization other than the starter level. So it gets rather grim quickly. Yeah, and some of these, you know, will vary in terms of requirements. I think there are some gangs out there that your requirement is you actually kill a police officer to get in, you know. So this is going on and it complicates, you know, the goal of society to get beyond these problems, you know when they're ingrained like this. But it's, you know, if we don't understand the depth and width of the problem, we're not going to be in a position to solve it. And the way that a lot of these get solved is by handling the karmic backlog that fuels all of these things. And the, the light worker healing protocol is the way to resolve that. And you can learn about it at getwisdom.com slash LHP, getwisdom.com slash LHP. We'll be back with more Get Wisdom right after this. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. 
We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the final segment of this week's Get Wisdom. We're looking at what Creator says about the pitfalls of oaths and pledges. And uh, I think obviously one of the, the best ways to avoid the pitfalls of oaths and pledges is. You know, not take one to begin with if you have the opportunity to to avoid it. Um, But we're learning that oaths can be complicated and they can, you know, have uh, spiritual energy connections to the past that we may not be aware of. And these are ringing in the current reality. And uh, we need a way to resolve that. And we're going to look at that in this segment, Carl. Well, it's useful knowledge. And it's sobering but life is serious business we doesn't mean we can't have fun at times but there are obligations and when we set ourselves up to have additional ones we need to think about the implications and and consider the potential consequences at least and attend to that so we're getting some guidance here on how to navigate. And, and uh, one of the ways is to get healing work done for this self to get out from under prior obligations. And that can help to improve you in many, many ways you might not expect. This is a big, long story we're a part of. And it all matters. It all counts. And it's on record for all of time. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry about that, indeed. Yes, Creator, the Lightworker Healing Protocol expressly lists oaths as a spiritual reality requiring healing intervention. Can Creator summarize why this is so and how Empowered Prayer and the Lightworker Healing Protocol are the most effective means to reverse the damage to the soul these oaths can do? All right, and this is what Creator tells us. As we have said to you before, the purpose of oaths is to bring people together in common cause. For a common effort leading to a goal of some kind, whether a known and defined improvement, or even to just maintain the status quo, such as preserving the peace. Given the many distortions in human thinking and human culture, it is inevitable that oaths taken in service to institutions or even interpersonal agreements backed by such a ceremony might be done in good faith, but in ignorance as well and oftentimes are missing a complete understanding of all that is at stake and the many complications that might arise. Putting a person at a disadvantage and making such a strong commitment at the outset, and often without truly having experienced all that might come along to question the appropriateness of that action in hindsight. There are many well-meaning vows, oaths, agreements, pledges, that become a kind of trap and a kind of prison in some circumstances. 
This is frequently seen following vows of marriage, where loyalty and service to another is pledged as a solemn vow, but all too often when in a state of immaturity, and even a fair amount of ignorance about the true character of the intended spouse and all that might happen as life continues to unfold with its normal ups and downs and challenges that will perhaps reveal regrettable flaws and points of conflict that might arise and grow over time with such intensity to make continued living together unworkable. To have marital vows carved in stone for all of time because they are a sacred pledge as witnessed by God, for example, in a religious observance, puts people at quite a disadvantage in a practical sense and compounds the damage to make it a soul-level transgression in the eyes of the Almighty if those vows are taken at their word. This creates a kind of prison for the couple, and if they prove to be incompatible, staying together in a prison setting serves no one. Even when done as lip service to maintain the parenting of children born along the way may be a mistake that compounds the damage if the children end up being harmed gravely and being subjected to severe marital discord as eyewitnesses and are scarred for life as a consequence. It would be far better to have a divorce arranged as an example of adults working out difficulties in a measured, thoughtful, deliberate fashion with at least a modicum of mutual respect as human beings, with an intention to not add further pain to the undertaking that is needed as motivation to escape, and in particular to avoid damage to the innocent bystanders, being the children who will have to find some way to adjust. So we see even deeply sacred vows as having a potential for needing to be recalled, and that is the key. Such things are not meant to be carved in stone, but rather can be reworked, renegotiated, and even withdrawn if conditions change in a way to make the service to the vow or oath unworkable and will result in damage rather than serving a noble or lofty purpose. As humans are imperfect, their thinking and their decisions and their actions and their institutions will be imperfect. And this includes the associated agreements, contracts, vows, and oaths that might be proffered to formalize the agreement and serve as an incentive and representation of the serious undertaking involved and all its implications. So one does not enter into something like marriage lightly. Sometimes people make oaths and pledges for the wrong reasons and even for unholy agendas particularly when in a state of corrupted thinking and in an environment that has been corrupted and become seriously non-divine. This has happened many times through history and all have lifetimes when they have made such agreements under adverse conditions and imperfect circumstances. And these agreements were never rescinded, but might live on energetically and as a karmic burden. This includes marital vows pledged for all of time. This is a bad idea because people typically make life plans to have all sorts of differing partners as learning opportunities and for tactical reasons. 
to accomplish particular life goals where they might need a very supportive and nurturing and understanding spouse who will give them lots of room to take on a high-powered endeavor of some kind in service to humanity, for example, as opposed to being devoted to one's family and to have a life having many children and meeting those obligations and responsibilities fully as an enriching opportunity as well as a soul-expanding and character-developing one. So there are often leftover promises and oaths and agreements of many kinds hanging over a person and representing a liability. Even during the current life, when one has made transgressions against their vows or an oath that has been given, there will be karmic woundings and woundings to the soul. The person themselves might not be aware of all the consequences that have ensued and are currently rumbling and causing inner discord. Sometimes things can be healed through divine grace as a benefit of application of the Lightworker Healing Protocol by a practitioner who will be requesting that such things be given divine assistance to restore a person as fully as possible to get them out from under ill-considered entanglements that have long ago outlived their usefulness but become a hindrance. This is what divine grace is for, to help support you when your human reach falls short. And it is a beautiful example of the workings of divine love that can be summoned to solve a dilemma of human existence, whatever that might be, even one's own failed promises. There are many reasons people may be unable to follow through and honor an oath or other agreement. It is not always possible to predict the things that might come up to challenge a person who may find they are not as resilient, imperturbable, steadfast, and willing to give of themselves or take risks that are inherent with the level of responsibility they have taken on and now have regrets. People may need help of others to coach them or be their advocate to have something worked out through the divine realm on their behalf to save them from themselves. Even if this cannot be done totally by an outside observer as their advocate, there will be some gains that can be made that will help to support a person on a better path towards reaching a level of awareness and inner strength where they can do better themselves and build on the gains made through the healing work so they are better equipped for life and more likely to eventually become more successful in reaching a level of competence and consistent performance at the level of expectation commensurate with their own promises and obligations. That can be a tremendous benefit and much more than simply paying lip service to an idea. Karma alone is one of the greatest adverse influences on people and often a consequence of their own poor choices. Successful healing requires much more than patching them up to send them back into battle, so to speak. But in many, many cases, a serious reworking at all levels of their being, including their beliefs that have become corrupted and the many karmic influences from other lifetimes in the form of unmet obligations, liabilities, and debts they owe to others for misfortune they have brought about themselves 
through lofty thinking and choices that ended up hurting the people around them, as well as harm done to the self, which is often the major liability people have as a burden. Such things are very difficult to overcome on one's own. It is not only that you are too close to the problem, but you are blind to how deep it goes and not being able to see the major part of your mind and its workings in all its surveys and the many lifetimes of difficulty, grief, tragedy, and failure you have been involved in. These are the ordinary workings of the Lightworker Healing Protocol to address and why it is the answer for saving and healing humanity. But only if you avail yourself of the opportunity and reach out to obtain the services of a practitioner or learn to use it yourself to gain the benefits. So I think we see there a kind of culmination in a plan, a strategy, and a divine path to getting support and higher help to overcome the restrictions, the obligations, the failures and mistakes we accumulate in trying to live up to our expectations, but maybe in a way that creates a trap, as creators pointed out, in the form of an oath. People take oaths for dark reasons, and I see this a lot in the healing work, where they have made a pledge to take somebody out, just to hound them till the end of time because of some perceived wrongdoing of theirs. And, And that animus gets resurrected by the law of karma to shove it back at them. And and then they, they get off on that, that path again in a new lifetime. And maybe you don't even realize why they hate someone, but they right. have a vendetta they're acting on. But that, that animus is the binds a tie, you know, that, uh, that they're recorded in the Akashic Record. It's a perturbed energy that needs to be neutralized, and it comes back around. And uh, indeed... It ends up being a person that has no clue why they dislike this person and don't trust this person. I think that's the machinery of karma at work in many, many ways. And the Lightworker Healing Protocol is the best way to unwind all that entanglement. Well, and it's refreshing to know that even when we box ourselves in with a promise based on ignorance, maybe naivete, there is a way to deal with it. You can get divine help. To cancel it, to render it void, and then you will have divine support going forward, and you'll be unencumbered. And it makes a lot of sense to clear the deck, to clear off the old debts, so to speak, because it gets messy if you don't do that. And the best way to do that, if you're new to all of this Get Wisdom material, is probably to hire a practitioner to do the Lightwork Healing Protocol for yourself or for loved ones. And our practitioners are available for this service. You can consult with them. You can engage them via GetWisdom.com. There's a uh, healing tab on the menu. Uh, go there, visit, check it out, and uh, find some healing for yourself or someone you care about. That's all we have for this show, Carl. Thanks a lot, everybody. All right. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week. 